0: Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I welcome you to Lunatic Mondays on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. And today I have a guest. I I adore her. She's fantastic. I love everything she writes. Uh, Her name is Phoenix LaFay. She's a professional reader, root worker, teacher, and ritualist, in addition to being the co-author of Life Ritualized, she is the author of Walking in Beauty, What is Remembered Lives, and Witches, Heretics, and Warrior Woman. Phoenix has been practicing witchcraft for almost three decades, and she is the owner of an esoteric goddess shop called Milk and Honey. She lives in Sebastopol, California, and you can visit her website at www.phoenixlefay.com. That dot Oh, I can't believe I was able to spell all of that. Welcome, Phoenix. <laughs> How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm excited to chat with you again. I know. I'm so excited because, um, yes, it's all about the exclusive. Yeah. The debut of this wonderful book. This is I'm gonna tell the world because I'm. So, I feel so like special. This is her first interview about this book, right? A Witch's Guide to Creating and Performing Rituals That Actually Work. Yes, and uh, it is a wonderful book. But before we jump book feet forward into the book, you were here last. I don't know year year and a half ago with Witches, Heretics mm-hmm. and Warrior Woman. Yeah, that is a wonderful book. So for those who might not remember uh tell us what you've been doing since that book came out and now you have a new one yeah I mean
1: a lot of it is editing (laughs) the the last book came out and while I was doing all of the fun stuff with the heretics book I was also working on this book so um you know it's that whole process of editing and reading the same thing a million times um I've been traveling a lot more which is so weird. I keep telling people it feels like this year is what 2020 was supposed to be. You know, like I, I went to Paganicon a couple of months ago or a month ago. Time is weird. I've, uh, I'm have i going to Vegas in a couple weeks. Like I just have all this travel and it's exciting, a little scary, but it's really exciting to be in community and going to events and seeing other witches like that. It's been really great. So yeah, things have been really good.
0: Yeah. You know, I've been telling people that um, because 2020, we were sequestered, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then in 2021, a lot of folks that were not uh, essential workers, but needed to make ends meet, we started to go out again and, and work our events and whatnot. And now 2023, since January, I literally, Phoenix, I feel like this is the actual social yeah. reentry for... The majority of the world's population, yeah,
1: yeah, and
0: there are people who still are being very cautious as we yes. should be, yes. But there are also a lot of more events and a lot more people getting, you know, proactive, vaccinated, and all that. Yeah. Um, I am not gonna tell anybody what to put on their bodies, but it will help if you get the damn vaccine. <laughs> I <You> agree, <laughs> so it's good that you have been out and about. Yeah. I was living vicariously through all of y'all who went to Paganica. That looked like
1: a super good time, and yeah. I didn't know Llewellyn is right there, right? And, and yeah, yeah, Llewellyn's headquarters are right there, right close by. I didn't get to make it to the mothership, as I keep calling it, because <laughs> I, you know, I, I live on the west coast, so I had to fly in and. Uh, I, I was like a day behind everybody else so I missed that event so hopefully next time I'll get a chance to go there but yeah it was fun because a lot of folks that work at Llewellyn came to Big HannaCon so I got to meet all these people that I've only met over email and that was a, so wonderful to see faces you know
0: yeah, yeah to connect to connect with people and to embrace one another yeah I think exactly. that uh, again it feels to me it really feels like 2023 is the actual social reentry, so we're all kind of stumbling up on each other and being like yeah I don't know how to be social anymore but have a
1: try <laughs> I know it's true that muscle was never a strong muscle for me so now I feel like oh good everyone's on the same level as me we're all trying to figure out how to do this again <laughs> you think you're like a mixture of uh, introvert and extrovert I I I'm honestly I'm an introvert but I do like social situations I just get depleted so easily I get over and then I have to go and hide so people think like sometimes people think that I'm like rude or snobby because I disappear but I just get so overwhelmed that I need to go and replenish and I can only do that by myself yeah
0: yeah Uh, introverts unite yeah Else at home that's right (laughs) I uh, people don't believe me when I tell them I'm an introvert and they're like oh you're so outgoing yeah on the screen right right and then when you see me in person I'll be like hi
1: yeah And,
0: and I get the same you know like oh my god you were so rude like no it's not about you it's not about being rude it's just
1: I'm an introvert. Yeah, it takes yeah. a lot. If I have a job, then I'm really good. Like if I'm teaching or if I'm holding a ritual role or if I'm like, you know, sometimes we vend at pagan events. Mm-hmm. If I'm working the booth and I know what my role is, I'm great. But if I don't, if I'm just being me and social, I just get silly and awkward.
0: <laughs> Are we like two halves of a whole? Because I seriously <laughs> identify with you so much. and And I say this with the utmost respect, obviously, uh how you are uh, a modern feminist an inclusive yeah. feminist yeah. a warrior for women's rights and people's rights and diversity uh which I saw in your book and that's how I fall in love with you and your work and then um now with this wonderful book that you let us see a little bit into your mind and your workings and yeah. And it's only I I had to say just an introvert can look into all of these little details, you know, of what goes into <laughs> ritual. And and I love it. I love everything that you put on this book. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the journey. You you told us on the book that it was years in the making, obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what was the journey? How you finally say, Okay, I'm gonna put pen and paper and
1: yeah. And paper. I think, you know, I've written a few books now. And this is the first one where I was like, okay, this is the book that I wish I had had when I was 15. You know, this is the book because I would read rituals written in other people's books, and they were beautiful and interesting. And then I would perform them. And I would be like, is this how it was supposed to be? Is this how it's supposed to feel? Is this like, how how do I actually do this? And honestly, a lot of my process was experiential it was me having to do it to go to public rituals to put on my own rituals and you know I am initiated into the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft and the reclaiming tradition every ritual is a new ritual they don't there's no liturgy we're not doing the same thing every Samhain it's different every time and so every ritual is an opportunity to learn ritual skill, to try things, to practice storytelling, to practice invocations, to practice leading trance, because all of these things aren't easy. <laughs> and if you don't give yourself the opportunity to try them out, you might stumble. And that's not fun to stumble. You know, you want to feel proficient when you step into a ritual circle, but you've got to try, you've got to practice, you've got to do those things. so... You know, it was all of that. Like, I really feel like the reclaiming tradition gave me such a strong foundation on being, a you know, a priest ex and holding a role in a ritual. Uh, and I wanted to pay that forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I think you did a, a great job on this book. And it is definitely. And I'm going to tell people, you know, every author that comes on my show, of course, I'm like, yeah, I buy this book. I really recommend it. I really recommend this. I mean, not <laughs> that I don't recommend other books. Yeah. But this book is, it really is a must. And I say, yeah. if you have been on the role of leadership for a long time, go back to the basics, you know, it's like, it's like baseball training, right? They go yeah. every year to be, to uh, spring training for a reason. Yeah. So you don't forget how to hit the ball or in this yeah. case. So you remember what brought you into ritual. Right. And if you are very new, I mean, what best way to like get your feet wet than to to read from a seasoned person that has been doing this for 30 years Yeah. and the step-by-step-by-step by step by step on how you break it down. I love it. Mm-hmm. So a little bit that I really appreciate is how you broke it down, how you broke the book down on yeah. this like major chunks of the sections. Yeah. So can you tell us a
1: little bit about that? Yeah. So I'm a (laughs) Taurus and one of my most influential mentors in planning ritual was a Virgo. (laughs) So there is a way that I was sort of trained to break things down into small pieces. If you create or plan a ritual, it's so easy to forget things, to be like, oh, crap, I forgot the sacred candle or, oh, no, we have the wrong incense or how, what light are we going to use? You know, like, it's so easy to just assume certain things will fall into place, but a ritual to a certain extent is a production, even if it's just a ritual for yourself. You know, this qualifies for me as an individual to hosting a ritual for a thousand people. Like there are layers of things that you need to plan for and remember. And so breaking those things down into smaller chunks, smaller pieces makes it less overwhelming, (laughs) you know, like, okay, yeah, I need to do these pieces and why am I doing this ritual? What's the purpose? What's my intention? And then what do I need to put that intention into manifestation? And then what do I do during that ritual process? You know, there's like so many things, especially folks who have attended public ritual or been to a new moon circle or anything. And it's, this is newer. You might not realize all the steps that went in to putting that ritual together, even the simple things like making sure there's enough water in the tea kettle for your guests, you know, like there's a wide range of things and it can be overwhelming. So I I really wanted it to be like breaking it down into bite-sized pieces so it doesn't feel overwhelming.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love, so do we have, um, why the ritual? Yeah. And the The fact and the knowledge that we are constantly doing rituals, yes, on our daily. I mean, before I start this uh, podcast, I always tell my guests, "We're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this," and I always open the podcast with one line, and that line gives me kind of like a like a springboard to go into yep. presenting the guests and. Yep. And as simple as that, people will say, "Well, that is a routine. well, that's what the ritual is. that's what it refers you to get yeah. into into the thing. Yeah. so then you break it down into breath, bone, and blood. Yes,
1: Tell us a little bit about what those sections are. Yeah. So breath is the beginning steps. it's the the inspiration the the why you know, it's creating the intention and figuring out, oh, it's, I need to do a ritual, or I want to do a ritual, and what is the purpose of that ritual going to be for, and when I say ritual, I I mean, like, a holiday celebration, a spell, a daily practice, like, all of these things, when I say the word ritual, I'm encompassing all of those things, so the breath is really the beginning, the, 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 uh, ace of swords in the tarot card you know like it's it's the newness the what the why then the bone is the structure it's if you think of our skeletons you know it is the structure it's the thing that holds us upright so what are all the steps and the pieces that we need in order to perform this ritual so it's more of the For some of us, it's like the the nerdy organizational stuff, and for some of us, it's the boring organizational stuff. You know, I like that part of it. Not everybody does. That's why covens and working in groups is really helpful, because there will always be someone that is good at a thing and doesn't want to do another thing. So the bones is, you know, all of these pieces are important, but the bones is really where you figure out how. How? And then the blood is all the other stuff that is hard to explain. It's the flow of the ritual. It's the raising of energy. It's how things move from one piece to another. Uh, It's understanding when things go sideways, how you rein it back in. Right. So it's all the really hard things about ritual that you sometimes don't know what to do with when they happen. And ultimately it's the flow. It's how things move, but um you know it's also like mistakes and and things going weird and someone interrupting the ritual in the middle of it and and i share some stories of actual experiences and ritual and and how things went sideways and how either a i learned from them or b i had to deal with them in the moment not knowing what to do and maybe that will help other folks when they run into something and they don't know what to do mm-hmm. yeah
0: I love how you talk about the the mistakes and I I can't help but think about when I was at a ritual. Yeah. This was a huge ritual for a large, large community. And I got called out twice. Oh. Once for saying hi to people, like during ritual right we're 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 creating the circle We're we're acknowledging each other and kind of like bringing the community together and somebody look at me and say hi laura and i say hi honey how are you and i was called out like this is not the time to be greeting people i'm like i think this is exactly the time but you know right and then when we were walking around going to different stations for meditation and whatnot uh, I was tapped on the shoulder to hurry up because everybody else was already done, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what a way to make me not enjoy your ritual!" Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and and then we learn from those mistakes, right? Because we learn on what to do, and we learn on what like this is the person I will never want to be. Yeah, you know. And if you don't have time, or if you don't have patience to have everybody on your ritual enjoying every step of it, then yeah. don't put that many steps or- Yeah, make it more don't, don't go yeah. on, on, on leadership. You talk a lot about leadership and that responsibility. Yeah. Why is it so important
1: that we differentiate the power over the power with and the power- Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned yeah. that part because I've been having this conversation with folks a lot lately. Uh, and it came up at Paganicon, just like chit-chatting with people. So it's like, this feels like it's a a topic for us right now in in the community. But it's, you know, in the early days of the modern pagan movement, especially like in the 80s and the 90s, I think that folks were not as aware of power dynamics, right? And, And sure, there were people who wanted to take advantage of that, because there always are people who are wanting to take advantage, and that's just people. But I think there was a lot of of just misinformation or a disinformation on what power dynamics actually exist. And now I think, especially the young folks in the pagan movement and the witchcraft movement really get it. Like if you're a high priestess and you have students or coveners or whatever, there is a power dynamic, even if you're the same age, even if you're consenting adults, even if you both understand that there's a power dynamic, There's still a power dynamic. And so being open and honest about power dynamics is one way to stay in your integrity, right? To just be like, this is is a power dynamic. And I feel, you know, again, because the reclaiming tradition is going to come up a lot because that's, you know, that's my training ground on all of this. But in the reclaiming tradition, no one person is in charge. Everything is co-created, and there's no quote-unquote high priestess. There's no one person standing there and directing the crowd. There, There might be a team of people that are leading the ritual, but anyone could step into that team, and they're just as important, and their voice is just as important, and it's very collaborative. And that's like this power with idea that I am no more important than anyone else in the circle. And when you look at it that way with the leadership, you also can remember that when you look at the attendees, right? Like if I'm no more important than my other priestesses, then I'm also no more important than the people attending this ritual. We are all equal. And it just sort of takes away some of that hierarchical bullshit, pardon my language, (laughs) (laughs) that we can so easily get caught up in. Like, yeah. You know, it's it feels good to be the one in charge. It feels good to be the boss. It feels good to be the leader and have people look up to you. But there are problems in that uh, that level of power. And the more we can recognize shared power and work in a shared power environment, the we all grow, right? Like all the boats rise when the water rises. You know, yeah. So yeah. that's that's important to me.
0: I'm I'm smiling here ear to ear. For those that can't see me, because this is a podcast, uh, <laughs> that. I constantly tell my apprentices uh, or or my group mates rather that's, that's not in class that is in group. You know this is a group we take, we make decisions together. Yes. This is power with no power over. Yeah. And then I I was laughing when I was listening to you because I would tell them this is not the Laura show. That's why I have my podcast. <laughs> that's when it is the Laura show is on the podcast. Right. Right. But, when you're a ritual, you're just one more um cog on the on the engine yeah. or, or the wheel, yeah. you know, rather a cog in the wheel. And it is so important that we recognize consensus in mm-hmm. power dynamics, yeah, um, and some people don't get it that consensus is also key, you know, if you're gonna yeah. work with say you're going to work with a deity that not everybody's comfortable with. And then you don't ask for consent. You don't ask for consensus to happen. And then the one person is going to be incredibly uncomfortable throughout the whole ritual. And it doesn't matter how beautiful, elaborate, or simple, or whatever your ritual is, you're going to have one person that is going to be the worst ritual of their life because you you didn't ask consensus about which deities you're going to work with or you know I also love when you talk about power within yeah that is that is damn (laughs) Phoenix that is poetry that is poetry because if you don't harness
1: and are aware of the power within yeah what is you doing (laughs) right right you know what and i've written about this in every book i talk about it in every class i teach it's the very first thing i say and and um tempest has written about this in her books like because her and i nerded out over this concept recently know thyself right it was written above the doors of of the oracle of delphi it's ancient concept this is not new age bullshit this is ancient wisdom we need to understand ourselves and why we act the way that we act and what triggers us and why it triggers us. And we need to be working on strengthening ourselves as magical practitioners. That just makes us better magical practitioners, you know? So yeah, I am all about the power within, the knowing yourself, the and because that's lifetime work. You're never going to finish figuring yourself out. That's your life's work. So enjoy it. (laughs) My biggest biggest
0: pet peeve yeah is heal your inner child on my $300 three-hour workshop right and be healed forever and i'm right. like what yeah no <laughs> like in a, in a three-hour workshop you probably will understand the concept right. of inner child right um and you don't stop building yourself yeah. until you take your last breath that's right Actually on the Mesoamerican belief system, um, and I know there's other indigenous and, and native peoples that speak about it that way, that your be- your first breath that you take when you're born, yeah, is the last one that you excel when you die. Like like it is one breath. Right. That's beautiful. They're just, just like ebb and flow. Yeah. You know, yeah. throughout your whole life. And as an oracle, you know, myself as a, as a professional tarot reader and, and yeah. counselor, I'm like, that is the, that is the maxim that is, you know, know thyself. Yeah. You don't know why are you doing the things that you're called to do. Yeah. Again, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you, you really tickle all my, uh, nerdy, <laughs> uh brain cells with this Oh good. <laughs> so another one of my pet peeves not another one of my, <laughs> Another one of the things that I talk a lot about with my apprentices now this is in class actually. Yeah. Uh when we are when we're talking with this uh people that want to be leading or performing rituals whatever it's about tools and I love that you talk about it because that is kind of like a hush hush thing. Yeah. And for uh, 10 15 years ago, on the Spanish speaking pagan community, it was literally like the word of the athabas like, who has the biggest athabas? Who has the most <laughs> right uh, cauldron? And you know, who has the most degrees and the most yeah. patches on their stole? And yeah, and I'm like, we are so caught up on the form and not on the um, yeah, yeah, um, okay, so death. I have to try yeah. to get that on my mind. El fondo y La Forma. So yeah. the depth, the forms, and the depth. And and it talks about depth. Yeah. You know, to have yeah. or not have tools. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love I love tools, right? I mentioned I'm a Taurus. I have a Libra moon. So I love things. I love stuff. I love beautiful things. I just bought a beautiful Athema at Paganicon. It, it, it's gorgeous. It's got a crescent. Mo- oh, it's beautiful. Anyway, the point being is the tools are only an extension of us as witches and magical practitioners. They don't make us powerful. We use them to enhance our power, to direct our power, to connect with our power. So the tool doesn't make the witch, you know, the witch makes the tool. So you don't need them. <laughs> You don't need tools. Your body is a living tool. You Anything except for maybe a cup and a cauldron, because it's hard to make our bodies into cups and cauldrons. Pretty much any tool we use in witchcraft, you can use your body as a stand-in. If you don't have an athame, use the first two fingers of your dominant hand. Same with a wand. If you don't have a chalice, use your coffee cup. Like It doesn't have to be something ostentatious and fancy and expensive. that doesn't matter. What matters is you have access to the power. and you know my chalice is from a thrift store. It's beautiful. I love it. I want to put it in my ritual space because I I'm connected to it. It's it cost me a dollar. <laughs> you know it doesn't have to be something expensive and fancy. It has to appeal to you. you know so if if a dollar is out of your budget, then you have your body. If you've got a little bit of a budget, then start going to the thrift stores and looking for your tools. You know, my first athame—this is in my current bio. My first athame was a stolen butter knife from my mom's kitchen because it had a wooden handle, <laughs> and I was like, "The wooden handle is what's important." <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't matter what the tool is; yeah. it matters that you recognize you are you are the power source. You are the you are the source. The tool just helps you. It enhances, it's an an add-on. And, you know, it's also about creating your own,
0: in my opinion, uh, the importance of the tool and how you use it. Because about 10 years ago, I started saying, um, I was trained, I've been a pagan since I was a teenager, but I was trained in Wicca. Yeah. Um, I started like 14 years ago, like North American paganism, right? Yeah. The modern neo-paganism. And the person that I was training with used a lot of polarities, right? Like masculine, feminine, yep. intense, subtle, blah blah yep. And I remember that I, <clears throat> you know, why you tickle my uh, brain cells so much because I'm a rising. Ah, <laughs> that's why this book is like, yeah. you know, all my all my lights are going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Virgo rising is having like a mental orgasm here. I love it. And then, um, you know, we have the tools that are feminine, receiving, nurturing, blah, right. well, blah, and the tools that are projected, da, 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 da. Yeah. And then I had the snuffer, and I couldn't figure out where to put the snuffer. Mm-hmm. But if you turn the snuffer upside down, it's like a little cup, and then it has the handle. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this ought to be in the center, because it's both. Sure. So avant-garde of me. Yeah. About 15 years ago, talking about the yeah. snuffer being both. Well, obviously now all my apprentices, you know, they know that the snuffer has to go in the middle because it's both. That's awesome. That is just something I said one time, and yeah. you know, it becomes part of your practice. You you create your own um, stuff, your own rituals. Absolutely. But if you don't have none of it, yeah, it's just between you and the gods. I That's also love how you talk about um, the elements. Yeah. And and how we call on the elements to come in yeah. and to be part of the ritual. And
1: I know. Yeah. humans are so funny. <laughs> nah, <it's> funny. <laughs> humans are so funny. And I think that goes back to like ceremonial magic and the golden dawn. And, you know, these fraternal orders that were really impactful in the early days of what modern witchcraft looks like and you know for folks who don't know what I'm talking about go and look it up cuz a lot of what we do comes from the golden dawn and some of these other fraternal orders who were performing ritual and they were very ceremonial magicians where like i'm the badass and i'm going to call on these forces and control them and tell them to do my bidding and i feel like modern witches we're not into telling things to what to do and to do our bidding we want to be in relationship we want to be in community we want to be in congress we don't want to be to go back to power we don't want to have power over we want to have power with so i think that that's really changed and you know like demanding the element to enter my ritual space it's already here (laughs) y'all like it's already here (laughs) you know oh you made me laugh
0: actually in folk magic yeah like the catholic witchcraft folk magic that is uh practiced in mexico and north america um there is that, you know, to right. hold a saint hostage and to uh, make this force yeah. to your Biden and yeah. bidding Biden. What how do you say that? Bidding. Bidding. Yeah. Um so you're bidding. And, you know, I mean, to each their own, but in yeah. nature, like I'm not a reclaiming witch, but I identify so much. Like, I guess I'm uh, by by praxis, you could say, you know, yeah. Part, yeah. Of, part of reclaiming. I'm just a hutch of magic, whatever, yeah, uh, but I do <clears throat> believe on that, you know, like they're already here, the tools right. are already here, like I do a lot of uh what I call bigger quotes naked ritual, yeah, is not people being naked, it's like no tools, yeah, no yeah, elements, yeah. no nothing I like that um, i I do that a lot and and my with my groups so or with people whoever allows me to reform and, and do ritual work. I like it a lot because I think it's it's that connection that we earth witches, yeah, nature based earth witches, yeah. Nature is here, the elements are here, the divine is Mm -hmm. here. We don't need and this is just my personal opinion, to look up. Right. Or to look at this high magicians, yeah. That are usually white cisgender men. Yep. (laughs) You're not lying. That's right. With lots of privilege and lots of shiny tools. Yep. But but I i mean I witnessed this um person who had this like wonderful, intricate tools that, that were really like literally Phoenix, like shiny and beautiful. Yeah. Without a script they couldn't call an element. Right. Right. And I'm like, where where is the connection? So um you mentioned about the golden dawn and all this uh, origin yeah. stories yeah. and things and i have to give a shout out because we just had her on the on the show two weeks ago uh they were lit bending the oh, binary yeah she does a very deep historical stuff yeah. you know into into that kind of like yeah where all this dichotomies and binaries
1: a are. lot of her books have that information in it because she's written a ton so yeah she's a great source for some of that information yeah. I'm
0: so excited because I'm gonna meet her on Friday. Nice. Yeah, she's coming to Chicago to the Malloway Brothers. I'll be there, by the way, reading tarot and doing my thing. And nice. Going to come and do a uh, book signing and stuff because she's publishing, right, some stuff here. But sorry about taking that. Oh no, that's very cool. I love it. I mean, she's wonderful. Why not yeah. speak about yeah. her? But uh, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Back to this book. Yeah, you have a lot of fun, playful things. I love all the tables, the correspondences that that is decades of research, man. Like, yeah. how did you put it together? Again, it's a Taurus rising. But. yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that again, that was like, what would I have wanted in my early days of practice, you know, and there's a book that I use a lot as a resource. It's the The Grimoire of the Green Witch by Anne Mora. It's an old book now, but it has all these correspondences in the back, like all these charts and it has like glyphs and sigils and it it just has so much information that I continue to use it as a resource because I can just flip to the back and use all the correspondences. And so I thought if I had a book that went the ritual downloads all the processes broke it all down and then had these correspondences that would have been amazing you know 20 30 years ago when I was starting out so absolutely and don't think folks that is like
0: one chart no she has like pages and pages and pages of charts and correspondences and fun exercises Oh, yeah. Tell
1: us a little bit about those exercises and why are they so much fun? Yeah. So one of the things I do when I teach classes is I give home adventures instead of homework. (laughs) So I really do like, you know, witchcraft is hands on. So it's important that you do the stuff. So in every section of the book, there's an opportunity to practice what that section talked about. Uh, And so, you know, my desire is that people are actually doing that, (laughs) like practice, play, make mistakes, do things, quote unquote, wrong, you know, do the thing backwards, play, right? This book gives you an opportunity to test the waters where maybe it feels a little safer and the risks maybe don't feel so high. So there's, yeah, there's lots of home adventures to uh, get you started so that you're not just reading, but you're actually doing.
0: I love when you say witchcraft is something you do. Yeah, uh, it's it's craft, it's crafting. It's something that you are creating, and what best way to create it than to doing these little exercises, meditations, yeah. etc. And I love also that you put their examples for like solitary people, solitary yes. witches, yes. Um, or priestesses or priestics, priestics. and uh, stuff for groups. Yeah. So for small groups, those for big groups, uh, what works for big gatherings and what doesn't work for big gatherings? It was my experience uh, a gathering of about. I'm gonna go easy and say there was a hundred people. Yeah, where they decided that everybody had to have a little cup of libation, (laughs) right? (laughs) And filling up the libation cups too about forever
1: right yeah
0: and by the time that we all have our cup we're like what are we done right like what's happening so those little things you know happen to the best of us absolutely uh calling an element on the quote-unquote wrong side oh yeah
1: i've seen that hundreds of times Yeah, in fact, in my little private coven, my uh, practicing partner devoked the circle in the wrong order, and I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> they got here, they mingle, they, they're leaving, yeah. in whichever way they want. That's right. They, they It all got acknowledged. As, as, as far as I'm concerned, as long as everyone gets acknowledged, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. You know, here in Chicago, we have the lake to the east.
0: Right. And yeah, we call it air. and then we have all this land to the west of us yeah but we call land earth to the north and when a mix-up happens i'm like
1: because nature is correcting
0: us because we don't know what the heck we're doing and
1: and yeah in australia they do it a completely different order and i've talked to a few australian witches instead of just like flipping north and south they flip east and west, and some of them don't. So it really depends on the circle you're in, how the elements are going to be called. And, you know, th- this process of calling the elements in that order is Western European. It doesn't necessarily fit where we live. I live in California, so it makes sense because the ocean's on the west. The north is land. The south is desert. Like, it makes sense where I live. But if it did, doesn't make sense to where you live, then why are we doing it that way? Like, I think it's time to kind of radicalize the way we practice and make it more land and locality-based.
0: I mean, we are
1: worshiping nature. Yeah,
0: right. Part of respect in nature will be to call the thing where it is. Right,
1: I agree. You know? I agree. And
0: And again, going back to like my naked rituals, I'm calling uh water to the west. I mean water to the east because we have I mean this beautiful lake and yeah. part of the Great Lakes and all that is like a little ocean that we have right. here inland. It's just a beautiful I don't know if you've ever been to Chicago. If you haven't yeah. Yeah. you need to let me know when you're coming so we can do shenanigans. I will. <laughs> but um uh, we have this beautiful body of water to the to the east. So right. you know, I I try to do my part as the one little human person that i am yeah and on my so-called naked rituals no we're not naked it's just <laughs> tool free right um i'm calling the water to the east and right. and nobody has come to get
1: my witch no. license <laughs> I can't, No i know which police are going to knock on the door and one of the things i've been doing lately especially because i do these goddess gatherings where we work with a specific goddess and tell her story and do a ritual i've been invoking the elements as humans so like you know feel the breath as you breathe in and out feel the neurons firing in your brain feel the spit in your mouth feel your actual bone right the, there's the elements you know yeah. so I've been I've been playing with that like as a simplified way yeah it is beautiful and I'm
0: very thankful to and I will have to say I mean that is my delight to say his name Marty Couch who taught mm-hmm. me that you know a meditation of the elements yeah. but within the body and then that goes again, hand in hand with our indigenous traditions of yeah. Miss America. That is also about the elements being in your body because we don't have the concepts of gods and goddesses. Yeah. That is something that was post colonial. Right. That the colonizers wrote our history with their paradigm. Right. And then everything was gods and goddesses. And we're like, no, they're forces of nature. What are you talking about? Right. But I digress. Again, back to this wonderful book. You also have a huge bibliography here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you leave us with a lot of uh, home home adventures. Uh, home adventures. <laughs> I love how generous you are. And yeah. I love I have to say, Phoenix, yeah, from a very personal point of view, yeah. that on your resources for priestesses. Yeah. You have the substance abuse resources, yeah. The LGBTQ resources, and the one that is obviously near and dear to my heart, the suicide prevention
1: resources. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean the the phone tree that we don't do the phone tree anymore because we yeah everything is on the cell phone. That's right. But I mean, you. I love you no like, you have the wits to say okay priest exists.
1: yeah
0: here are these resources yeah um i why did we fall out of that practice of having That's the phone treatment
1: you know i think i think especially in the united states right like i was born and raised in the united states so i'm definitely colored by that experience right and we are told repeatedly that we are individuals, and you have to do it by yourself and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And it's up to you. And you can you can do anything, but you got to work really hard. And all of that is a lie. All of that is bullshit. It's not, it's not true. You can't do anything without other people. You can't even go to the grocery store and buy food because other people are cutting that food and packaging that food and driving that food to your grocery store and unpacking that food in the grocery store. Like you didn't do that by yourself. It took all of these people to make it happen. And I think that especially in the United States, I, I really wanna like drive that home, especially in the United States, we forget. That we are not alone. And so we can get isolated so easily. And doing the work of knowing thyself, being a spiritual person, it's not easy. Like you're looking at your childhood trauma, you're looking at the wounds that you've carried in your life. This is hard stuff. And, you know, we also don't have a medical system that is affordable and supportive. So we have to find resources that we can reach out to, you know, uh, and, and there are a lot of resources, but we don't always know where to look, you know? And so that's, it was important to me to have that in the book. I actually wanted it in the front and the pub, the, my editor put it in the back, but I felt like I want this like r- ritual, religion, witchcraft is going to help you, but it's not a cure-all. You still need to take your meds and go to therapy and talk to a doctor and, call the hotline if you're feeling suicidal, like, you know, you are loved, you know? So, yeah, yeah I think that we just, it's so easy culturally for us to feel alone and, and we're not. And I'm going to totally piggyback on what you yeah. just said and
0: remind folks in the United States, particularly everything and anything you put on your mouth to nurture yourself, chances are a hundred percent, or probably a ninety-seven percent, having a planted, picked, yep. packed, prepare, cooked, clean box on box by Mexican immigrant yep. people of color yep. that work in the fields or are the essential workers. Absolutely, that are treated so poorly because. Just because we look different or ethnically, we come from a different geopolitical yep. space in the planet. Absolutely. If the pandemic didn't prove to us that we are connected and yep. if we still want to work like horses with our yep. eyes, no offense to horses,
1: obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, we missed the point. If, 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 if yeah. you're referring to how it was, we've missed the whole point of the last three years.
0: Yeah. Between that and fat phobia, I'm like, I keep just pulling my hair like, yeah, people were more afraid of getting fat than of dying of COVID. Like, what I I know, you know. Uh, so in this book, on the page of the resources, yeah, before there's a white page, after there's a white page, that's where you write the names and the phone numbers of other priestesses, that's right, tarot readers, psychologists, yeah, people in your community. The food pantry, yeah, etc. etc. Translators, yeah, etc. 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 So you can do a great job. Yeah. I love this book. I think this is one of those that is not gonna be on the shelf. This is one of those that you're gonna be constantly pulling out oh, and going to like. So, what did you say about this? And what was the correspondence? Because it's not just uh how to do ritual book, best practices, safe practices, etc. But it's also a reference book because you put so much information on these boxes. Yeah, thank you. So tell me something. What is about the book that is really important that we talk about today that I haven't asked you?
1: I think um, one of the things that is most important for me is raising energy when it comes to performing ritual because not everyone does that well. And it is a thing that makes us feel awkward (laughs) singing in front of people dancing in front of people moving in a space where you're in very close quarters it can make us feel silly it can make us feel shy and i get it i'm an introvert like the very first ritual i ever went to public ritual it was a reclaiming ritual here in sebastopol california it was led by starhawk there were 60 people and we had to sing our name into the circle. And I just about died because I was so shy. There was no way I was going to sing in front of people, but I did it. I survived, you know, whatever, but understanding ritual drumming, understanding the use of rituals, singing and chanting, really working in, especially in groups, like as a solitary, it's a little bit different, but working in groups and understanding the process of raising energy it's very powerful and I think it's a it's not something that everybody's good at and so you might have even gone to public ritual and thought it was amazing and it was great and transformative and then you go to a public ritual where they're really good at raising energy and it's like orgasmic compared to what you may have been doing before so I want to highly encourage people to practice Raising energy, even if it makes you feel silly, like that's an important edge to push. If you feel silly singing in front of people, sing in front of people. Like Starhawk is not a great singer, y'all, <laughs> and she does it anyway. It doesn't matter. Like it's it's about having your voice be heard. You know, yeah.
0: I I am not the greatest at singing, so yeah. I tell people to chant, and then I keep laughing the whole <laughs> <laughs> because I cannot sound good. Uh, my mother was a singer she she, yeah. was, she was not a professional singer or famous or anything but she knew how to sing so I'm like no I'm not because <laughs> I might be able to carry a tune but I don't consider myself a ritualist yeah. chanting yeah. expert but I do it because you know it's it, yeah. it's fun and I think such is her practice that there is a lot of room yeah. for laughter absolutely for silliness for silliness yeah for um stumble into something and go like oh okay yeah I guess I was meant to be that way or you know
1: yeah I I yeah the charge of the goddess says mirth and reverence right we should be silly it should be fun we should laugh like if if we're too serious then why are we practicing witchcraft (laughs) it should be fun
0: yeah yeah I every time I officiate a wedding I made the same silly joke like I we call that the, the couple is blessed with passion blah 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 blah. passion that I mentioned passion I think <laughs> I mean if, if we don't allow ourselves to laugh
1: yeah
0: which is the the highest love and laughter is the highest way of magic in my opinion totally you know so what's next for you my friend where you going what you doing what's what's
1: spring and and summer looking like for you yeah, I am I do regular teaching in Sebastopol, right? So I just did my first in-person class since 2020, so that was pretty exciting. But I am still doing things on Zoom for people who aren't local. Um so if you go to my website, you can find out all that information. I am teaching at California Witch Camp, which is a week-long retreat at the end of June. And I'll be at Mystic South in July. So I'm doing a workshop and then my partner and I are doing a Dionysus revelry. So that'll be fun. Um, And that's kind of it. I don't have anything beyond July. (laughs) But yeah, and I'm I'm, what I always teach. I'm always teaching. I love talking about witchcraft and sharing and, and doing rituals. So, you know, there's always something going on.
0: I'm telling you, we were separated at birth or something, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I truly see you as a kindred spirit, and I totally. love you, and I love everything you do. Well, thank you. Um, so my next question, of course, the silly question, when and where can people get a witch's guide to creating and performing rituals that actually work?
1: <laughs> I mean, all the regular places go check out your local bookstore. If they don't carry it, it would be really great for you to ask for it. That does good things. Uh, you know, the online places, Barnes and Noble, and of course Amazon, even though it, that's highly problematic, but you know, it is there. And if you like it, please do leave a review because and, and, and as much as Amazon is problematic, it is a very huge force in the world of publishing. And so if you love a book, mine or someone else's, Please do leave a review. It does wonders for helping people's books get sold. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I all I have left to say is thank you so much for being on the show. I love you. I love your work. I love this book. If you're a Virgo, you need this book. If you're a Tar- <laughs> you need this book. If you're a witch, you need this book. Yeah. And if you're not a witch, but you want to understand what we do, mm. you need this book. Yeah, absolutely. So so to understand that your rituals and our rituals. Your ceremonies and our ceremonies are not that different. It's true. You know, it's, it's about connecting with the divine within and around. With that, I leave you the microphone so you can say goodnight to your
1: audience tonight. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being yourself and reading those witchy books and supporting our community. And thanks to you for having me, Laura. It's so fun to chat with you. Thank
0: you. So fun and so lovely to have you. I really do love you a lot. And thank you for being here. And all I have left to say to everybody is, please listen to CSM Podcast. We have over 900 hours of podcasts that happen throughout the month. On Mondays, we have Lunatic Mondays, the second and fourth Monday of the month. We have Circle Talk, the first and third week of the month on Tuesdays. We have Circle of Nature, the third Wednesday of the month. We have Blue Marble, the third Friday of the month, and we have Paganos del Mundo, Pagans of the World, Pagaos do Mundo, every Saturday. And we have a new show debuting on the last Friday of this month and it's going to come out second and fourth Friday of the month, uh, Music of the Pagan Tribe. So we have a new show coming through. And uh, to everybody, thank you for listening to CSMP, the Circle Century Network Podcast. To Laura Gonzalez on Lunatic Mondays and until we meet again, you are loved. Bye-bye. <laughs>
2: del alma, espejos que rompen el drama, ser migrante vive molestando sus reglas ilegales nos llaman como las hierbas que curaban dolencias pero volvimos, somos mucha curandera la diosa madriena nos elige y nos da primavera, somos guerreras emperatrices de esta tierra que es nuestra y por esta autonomía que reclama toda esta cadencia ritual mágico que invoca ¡Fuerza! No, no, no. Nosotras no conmemoran Pero parimos más que seres Son ideas que transforman Yo quiero mi lugar en la gloria Que no me dejen como muchas en la sombra Nacimos pa' brillar y no pa' que se esconda Tomamos la palabra y a quien corresponda Le soltamos estas bombas Explosión que aturde tú lento, el cambio llegará, ya no hay más tiempo, se acabó el tormento, de la oscuridad salimos, esto ya no es juego, somos muchas y con ellas me revelo, como naturaleza al concreto, como quien dijo que por ser mujer no puedo, Nunca no palabras antes.